This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Well, we're back here. I'm going to be speaking with Bishop Fulda, and we uh, we're discussing during the break, and I feel like we are already ready to go. Dive right into this interview, Father. Yes, for sure. We had a chance to visit with Bishop just before we uh, broke for the uh, took the took a break. So, Bishop uh, Folda, welcome. Good to have you with us once again. Thank you. Good to be with you. Yeah. Um, so we are celebrating the feast of um, Epiphany. I mean, in the sense that we, we we celebrate it in the Catholic Church on Sunday, but we have this kind of week. And so, um, tell us a little bit about why it's important um, for the life of the Church to celebrate Epiphany, and then spilling over into this week ahead of us. Well, the Epiphany is is really a continuation. It's really one of the high points of the Christmas season. In some parts of the world, Epiphany almost gets more attention than Christmas because that's when gifts are exchanged. We're accustomed to doing to doing that at Christmas time, but in some places they they save that for Epiphany, which of course uh, kind of harkens back to the Magi giving their gifts to the Christ child uh, when he was born. But it's important because it it reminds us that Jesus came for all peoples. The word epiphany itself uh, means manifestation or appearance. And, and our Lord was manifested to the Gentile peoples. The Magi represent the peoples of the world. And, uh, you know, they came from the east. We don't know exactly where that was, perhaps Persia. Uh, but but uh, they came kind of as a as a representation of all peoples, and Jesus was born to save all nations. And so we we hear that theme in a lot of the prayers and even the, the hymns, the popular songs that are sung uh, for Epiphany and for the, the days afterwards. Hmm. You know, when you say that, I, I think um, when we... He's born for all peoples. That would be us because we're not Jewish. Exactly. At least, at least probably most of us listening on the radio right now are not Jewish in our our uh, gen- genetic origins, and so um, it really becomes an important feat for us. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, the the faith had been passed on through the people of Israel, but with the coming of Christ, um, that story, that part of salvation history, which was really kind of a, a turning point, um, it extended to the entire world. It, it manifested God's uh, salvific intent for the whole world, his desire uh, that all peoples would be brought into his kingdom. And so it really is a, a very, very significant feast day in the life of the church. And Christmas doesn't end on December 25th. It continues, and, and Epiphany is certainly part of that. And it's amazing when you look at um, depictions of the nativity, of course, the kings are always there. You know? mm-hmm. right. The wise men are always there. Um, even sometimes we don't get, some nativity sets don't have very many shepherds, and they maybe have one, but they always have um, those three figures. So they've, they've held the imagination of the Christian people for, since the, you know, the very beginning exactly. of, of this event. So, uh, um, so Bishop, what then happens, you know, in this week afterwards, in terms of uh, scriptures or the celebration of the Mass, um, you know, after Epiphany, but until we get to the baptism of the Lord, can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, sure. You know, the the narratives of our Lord's uh, infancy and childhood are very brief, but what happens in the liturgy is, after Epiphany, we continue to hear scripture passages 
that refer to the different ways that Jesus manifested himself to the peoples, you know, through his teaching and through his miracles, uh, the different ways that people um, became aware of his presence in the world. And, and uh, again, the liturgy continues that theme all the way up through the, the baptism of the Lord, which will be this coming Sunday. Okay, and, yeah. and it really is uh, quite a, a rich and beautiful um, unfolding, you might say, of, of our Lord's appearance uh, in this world and, and his, his presence that continues among us. Uh, this weekend, I, I had an interesting thought. I said, you know, Jesus is Savior of all, which means he came to save not only the, the three, um, or the, the wise men uh, who, who we hear the story, but he also came to save Herod. Um, unlike the Magi, Herod did not accept that gift. Um, he, he chose to reject um, the gift that God offered to us in his son Jesus. And, and I've been thinking about that and, and the call that we all have, as you described it in this coming week, to really um, continue to allow the presencing of the Lord to fill our lives, um, to receive over and over again the manifestation of God's love in His Son um, in this in this season or this this week uh, that flows into the baptism of the Lord. So um, I thought that was worth reflecting on and thinking about because I think we can sometimes set the whole thing aside because well after Christmas is over the tree's gone and now we kind of get on with life instead of really letting it sink into our lives more. Yeah, it's it's an unfortunate uh, reality that sometimes the <clears throat> excuse me the festivity passes and the spirit sort of, of of our Lord's birth sort of passes as well. But I think for us as Catholics, uh, the important thing is to maintain that spirit of Christ's presence all through the year and and really to share that with others. You know, we're all called to. Um, go out into the world and to make Christ known. And um, I, I think that we do that certainly by the example of our lives, by the way we live lives of charity and compassion and forgiveness. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. the Christmas season in so many ways is a season of charity, but our charity shouldn't come to a crashing halt on December 25th. I know it doesn't for for hardly any of us, but, but we have to really continue to... Um, dwell with the awareness of his presence, but also uh, make that known, share that that love, that compassion, that forgiveness, that um, beauty with others. So uh, it, it's a season, I think, that challenges us to keep the spirit of Christmas alive. You bet. Um, this is Father Mike Malloy, and I'm talking to with Bishop John Folder from the Diocese of Fargo about uh, the Epiphany season and the, really the continuation of Christmas into our lives. Um, so next Sunday we celebrate uh, the baptism of the Lord, and then we move into a, what's called ordinary time. Tell us a little bit about ordinary time, Bishop. You know, ordinary time is uh, kind of, a, uh, I think, an unfortunate name for the season that is about to begin because it's simply that unfolding of the full mystery of Christ's teaching and his presence among us throughout the course of the year. It used to be called, you know, the first uh, Sunday after Pentecost, the second Sunday after Pentecost, etc., all those. Um, so it was more geared towards the great feasts that um, 
that take place through the course of the year. But, you know, whatever the case may be, in the in the order of the Mass, now it is called Ordinary Time, which you might say is just a, an order of Sundays that unfolds before us. And before Lent starts sometime in the early spring, we'll, we'll again have this um, just kind of customary uh, pattern of readings and prayers that reminds us of the very, very basic and uh, powerful teachings of the gospel, but also it opens up for us the many, many ways that our Lord um, extends his grace to his people, the way he calls his people to himself and invites them into his kingdom. So through the course of these Sundays of ordinary time and the weekdays that fall between them, um, we just get the, the unfolding cycle of the readings of the scriptures and, and those prayers that we know so well. And uh, it, it really just is a, a living of the mystery, you might say. Um, you know, the, the chief for the beautiful seasons of the, of the liturgical year, like Advent and Christmas and Lent and Easter, they all have kind of a specific focal point. But ordinary time is, is more broadly based. It, it really uh, has a, a whole... Uh, array of messages and teachings and themes that we learn and and that hopefully sink into our lives. So mm-hmm. <laughs> ordinary time is is anything but ordinary. That's what I always tell people. Yeah, and it's uh, I, I like the way you're saying that, and I, I think it's really wonderful. You can kind of anticipate because um, we're reading through Matthew's gospel this particular year, right. particular year. You, you can kind of uh, walk through. Jesus' life on earth, walk through the um, the ministry uh, by through the readings that uh, take place in it. it can, there can be kind of an anticipation and an excitement about what's coming next and oh, yeah. what unfolds for us. Um, so it's it's uh, it's like you said, it's a great time, and it's not like we stop. It's not like we're done. It's not it's not ordinary in that sense. Um, um, it's there's a constant continuity for that. So yeah, I always feel like the the Christmas and Epiphany celebrations launch us into the life of Christ. Um, you know, they move us beyond his his infancy and childhood into you know his adulthood and his public ministry. Uh, we become participants really in that public ministry. So uh, it, it sets the stage and points us in that direction. Wonderful. Um, any any uh, hopes and plans for the new year for you, Bishop, as you well, uh, move into it? Well, this coming, yeah, sure, this coming week um, on Friday, I and the other bishops and your good self, the Apostolic Administrator of Rapid mm-hmm. City, we're all headed towards Rome for our ad limina visit, which happens every five or seven years or so. All the bishops in the United States are making this trip over the course of a few months, and uh, <clears throat> we'll be meeting with the Holy Father and with different departments of, of the Vatican, the Holy See. Uh, it's an opportunity for us to pray at the tombs of the apostles and really to kind of make our, our official visit to the, the seat of the Universal Church. So it's exciting, and, and I think it's going to be a great moment of prayer for me and, and hopefully for all the bishops who join me. Yeah, I th- and I agree. I'm looking forward to it too, and it's, uh, it's good to remind ourselves of uh, that and setting that tone then for the rest of our year, as you said, to continue to live in the mystery of Christ's love for us. So, well, and it also reminds us of our communion with you know the Holy Father and with the Universal Church uh, that we're all part of this great body of Christ that spans the globe. So it, it really is an amazing uh, reality, and, and I think it's going to be exciting. 
You bet. Well, Bishop, it's always good to visit with you. We look forward to seeing you in a few days, and uh, thank you for being with us, and thank you for your support for Real Presence Radio. It's uh, been a blessing and a gift to all of us, so well, thank have you. a good day. Thank you, you Father. God bless you. you take care. Mm-hmm. All right.